Today, I, after preparing and meditating and, you know, I wanted to teach something that would be impacting and, you know, change your world, because, like, we don't get that here, right? <laughs> um, and I thought I would take some experiences out of my life for the last three years and share them with you all, and uh, hopefully have something that you can take out with you into the world and... Um, just be the light that we are meant to be. So we're going to talk about living authentically today. And we're going to talk about Jesus. Yeah, I love Jesus. He's like my favorite person, like ever. Right? Not that I've ever met him physically, but I have met him. He, 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 I know, I know him. I know his essence and his spirit. And you know, um, I think at times we forget that we know him. So before I get further into the word, I just want to say a quick prayer. God, thank you so much for um, this opportunity to share and to give a little bit of myself into this wonderful creation that you have created and to these wonderful people. Let hearts and minds take what they need to from this and Get a little bit more insight on you, Jesus, as well. Amen. So, to get back into the rest of my introduction, that was kind of like my first introduction to the prayer introduction, and now we're going to do the introduction, which is we're going to talk about Jesus, who I began to say about essence and, and knowing who he is and feeling him. And I've always kind of been a pretty feely person with that. Like, I can sense energies and vibrations of people most of us can really we're just some of us aren't as in tune to them as others it's really you know because we all have the capabilities being the creation and images of god we have all those capabilities all that power all that um we embody so i there's certain people that i just jive with you know if you've ever been in a room you walk in a room and like you can be over here and the person's over there and you're like and you just have this connection, right? And it's not even it's it's not not even a romantic thing. I mean, yeah, there's those romantic things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this connection of a person that, hey, this is your soul buddy, this is your you know, that essence that you feel, that essence that you know, right? Because that's part of our deity, part of our who we are as images of God, having that energy and his energy to feel that and to that and everybody gives off some form so with jesus i know you know i met his energy probably around fifth grade my mom was in part of this movement where um we were catholic but then there was the charismatic thing going on right and they became the catholics that everybody were unsure of because what are they doing they're like you know speaking in these weird languages and following these different customs that is not how it's supposed to be but you know they're still catholic so we got to make a place for them so we had this little tiny church we'd go to and i didn't really understand it at the time because there was so much going on but i knew my mom was different she felt different she came back different and the crazy thing was is she had been diagnosed with lupus probably about a year or so around the time when she was saved too had my do- my sister and everything. And so I would say I was about 10. And um, eh, I didn't pay much attention until I hit about 12. I began to really notice and see some things about my mom. Always talking about Jesus, or Jesus, or Jesus, or Jesus. And I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> you know, who's this Jesus guy, right? So I would listen to some of her stories. She would force us. Oh, my gosh, she tortured us every Tuesday night from the little books that she got, a Bible story about Jesus. And we had to sit for an hour. And I knew this because I would look at the clock. And when it was done, I'd be like, yes, (laughs) I can go do whatever I want in my room or whatever, right? But she felt the need to, that was her calling, you know. To teach us about him. And then she went on and taught Sunday school with the kids. Because they had to know the real Jesus. Because, you know. I'm like, well, is there a fake one? She's like, well, yeah. 
There kind of sort of is. <laughs> there's the real Jesus, who's authentically Jesus, who is Jesus. And then there's that Jesus that we all want to put in a box. And that we all want to say, this is what he said. I went into a store not too long ago and I came across this shirt. It was so cool. I had like the picture of Jesus on it. And at the bottom it said, I never said that. I was like, oh, I can't wait to wear this somewhere religious. It's going to be awesome. Because it's true. There's a lot of things that he never said. And we get caught up in, you know, Jesus was this way. Oh, and then, of course, we really focus on the death and the resurrection, which is a good thing, yes. But we forget that he actually lived here, right? Like, there's other historical documents, out there that that name him one of the most interesting ones i ever came across was um through a magazine and it was uh the one of the reports of Pilate, right around the time that jesus was crucified and um went through the whole story about how the scribes smuggled it out you know copied from the vatican or whatever and uh followed this meeting that jesus had with Pilate. Like a secret meeting, right? Where Pilate's like, dude, knock it off. I like what you're saying. I hate those Pharisees too, but seriously, they're gunning for you. And Jesus was like, I have to be who I am. But thank you. I'm going to be who I am. Because that's how he lived. Authentically. So in my walk, and as I'm going, I thought... Well, you know, Jesus, I like Jesus. He's been a good friend to me. He listens to all my stuff. He doesn't condemn me when I say a couple of those bad words. Like I don't have to do a cuss jar for him. I just go to town. And then I'm like, sorry, Lord. He's like, this is how I know you. We're going to work on it, but okay. Right. So as we've been, as I've been awakening to myself and who I am and, and rediscovering my relationship with Jesus and who he really is, right, I would take some different classes, some different spiritual things. And definitely was wanting to learn more about angels. So I took a class teaching, you know, a little bit different view on angels, but still they're from God. They're, you know. They're here to help you, whatever. And we had this exercise where we had to, you know, seek to meet an angel that we could call on to help us heal people, to help us, you know, as we walk and and do who we are in God, right? So I um, remember we had all done this little meditation and we all were talking about, you know, our angels, a lot of people, oh, Michael, oh, Raphael, you know, somebody, whatever. And this one guy who'd had a very, very traumatic life experience involving the death of his two-year-old daughter and his wife, um, issues and things there that had happened that just totally destroyed him. Left, you know, and, and of course he was blamed for not being a better husband and walking in the love of Jesus. So he walked away from the church for a long time. So he's here. It had been, I don't know, six or eight years. He's finally listening. You know, he's, he's missing that communion with God. He's missing that. But he doesn't want to go back to church because he doesn't want to be judged and he doesn't want to have issues. But he knows he has a calling to help heal people and, and he's always been sensitive to angels and he's always loved Jesus because, you know, Jesus is Jesus. So anyway, we all come out, whatever, and he says, well, my healing angel is Yahshua. It's Jesus. Now, I was practicing non-judgment because I was learning, right? (laughs) And I looked at him, and in my mind, I was like, Jesus is not an angel. Are you serious right now? Whatever. This guy is a flake. And I didn't even realize that I had done that, right? And I didn't think anything else of it. And I was just like, eh, you know, some people. So he inevitably gets put in my group where we're going to practice some prayer healing, right? There's three of us and there's the person that's going to be healed. There's a person that's doing the healing and then the person that's, you know, 
helping bring God's healing, right? And so I'm sitting there, and he's doing the prayer, and then he says, you know, we welcome you, Yeshua. And I was all, because I had attitude. (laughs) But I was practicing, and I felt Jesus' presence that I had felt at different times in my church walk, at different times in my regular walk. And this felt like the time when my mom had passed away and I was just really mad and I was just like, I don't believe in you, blah, blah, blah. And Jesus was there in comfort and whatever. And that was the feeling I had. So I'm like, hey, wow, Jesus. But he wasn't happy. He wasn't smiling at me. He was like this. (laughs) And I was like, oh, snap. (laughs) I'm in trouble. What'd I do? And he was like, this is my my favorite term for somebody that I want to call an idiot is, are you serious right now? Like, I can't believe you just said that, right? Doesn't mean they are one. But in my mind, I'm like, I can't believe you said that. Are you serious? Because it's just not a serious thing. And that's what he said. Are you serious right now? Uh, About what? You don't know him like I know him. This is the place where he is ready to meet me again. I am going to meet him there. And if I have to be an angel to do it, then that's how I'm going to do it. Who are you to judge his experience? Ouch. (laughs) That was beyond the woodshed. And that was authentically Jesus, being Jesus in his deity and in his humanity because he was mad. But it was with love. You want to walk, you want to grow, you want to learn, then you don't know me. This is his step to healing. So I'm going to meet him. So, of course, you know, taught me a lesson. I was like, oh, my gosh. And suddenly I wasn't attitude anymore. I was all into it. And it was a really cool, <laughs> awesome experience that I had. But then that really got me to thinking some more. Jesus as a human. Jesus as he lived on this world. As he walked. As he talked. As he danced. As he hugged. As he loved people. As he was friends with people. As he got angry. He was having the human experience because after all, that's kind of why he came down. And he also came down to teach us some new things about God, about how we were living, about who we are. So he's more than just this person, this God that said, okay, I'll do it. I'll take one for the team. No, he wanted to know. How am I going to understand this creation if I don't live it? And if I don't teach them, how are they going to grow and move in their humanity? Right? So, really quickly, who was Jesus as we know and hear in the terms of the Bible, other historical documents? Well, God's son, right? Matthew 3, 16, 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out of the water... And heaven opened, the Spirit of God was descending like a dove and said, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. That was his truth right there. Because I gotta think, he's, you know, he entered the world like we all did. A little naked baby screaming. Right? He knew nothing. I'm pretty sure every single one of us when we were born knew nothing. We knew three things. It's cold, so I want to be warm. Um, I don't like this feeling in my belly. I need something to make it go away. And if I cry, I get things done for me. And we know love. We don't. Babies don't give anything back. Nothing. Yet. When they're first born, they take your sleep. 
your energy. They suck the life right out of you. But you love them. You can be so, I could be, oh man, I would be so angry when my son would wake me up and I'd walk in the room when the very first time, cause he's my first child. And I'd see him laying there crying and I'd go, and I'd pick him up and I couldn't help it, but I would be mad when I walked before I got there. This child will never sleep! Why are you doing this to me, Lord? I need sleep. But I'd see him and oh. So that's pretty much how Jesus came in, right? He didn't know or remember that he was God. He was having the human experience, which is what we're all having. We didn't know and remember that we knew God before we were put in our parents' womb, our mom's womb, right? You have to be taught everything, which means he had to be taught to walk, speak, things that he's not allowed to do because that could hurt you. Don't put your hand in the fire. It'll burn you. Because how could he be authentic if he wasn't having the full human experience? Everything. That means he had diaper changes. Right? Because he was human. But there came a point in his life where he remembered and began to realize the truth of, wait, 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 there's more to me. I have a purpose here. God's son. He's the word of God. Right? John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. Made his dwelling among us. Right? So, you know, he's also the word. Not the words in the Bible. Those are just stories about him. And it doesn't even give us his full life. And how he authentically lived. Those are just much like a little baby book. Like my mom had a baby book for me and it had little things in there, right? The first time she got her tooth. The first time, whatever, right? Kind of like that. Well, he didn't have this Bible. (laughs) He had what he knew. He had Torah. I'm assuming some of the Dead Sea Scrolls along with that. And all this new information that he was here to give us. Unprecedented. No one had ever heard it before. Here comes this person claiming to be the son of God and God. Doing all these things. Teaching all this stuff but still as human as you can get. He ate. He slept. He got tired. He got angry. He enjoyed a good party. I mean, come on. His first miracle was turning water into wine. (laughs) Sounds to me like someone that wants to have fun. We have fun. We have a lot of fun. When him and I have time together. And of course, he is God. He himself said, I am the Father. I and the Father are one. Interestingly enough, because I always would wonder, you know, because we always talk about Jesus came to die for our sins and all that. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, okay, there is that. But, like, ultimately, that is not why. I mean, people didn't just decide to kill Jesus. They were angry because he was saying that he was God. They literally said, we want to stone you and kill you because you're blaspheming. And he was like, who I am. And I'm also the son of man, by the way. So I'm the Lord of David and I'm the son of David. How does that work? Right? Because he woke up to the truth of who he was so that he could start being authentic, so that we could know how to be authentic and live authentic. <clears throat> and of course, his humanity is also shown in the Bible, Luke 2:52. He increased in wisdom and in stature. And in favor with God and man. So he was also continuing to learn who he was and walk in that. And like as I would go through some of the studying of his life, I was like, wow. Technically, he was like the first mystic. The first like real mystical person. Oh my gosh, he said mystic. Okay. 
Let me give you the definition. I love definitions. I'm a person that researches so much. And like when I first get ready for teachings, my notes are like this thick. And then it echoes in my head. You only have this much time. And I'm like, oh, man, you bring it down. So I work on that. But the definition of a mystic is a person who seeks through contemplation and self-surrender to obtain unity or absorption into a deity. They have a spiritual appreciation of truths that are beyond our intellect. That was Jesus. He was beyond the intellect of the Pharisees. Because all they were teaching from were scrolls and, and the stories of their history, like historical teaching. They weren't teaching life. And this is how you be a human and this is how you live. And I'm pretty sure that they weren't very authentic because otherwise they would not have been accused of being painted sepulchers. You know, you ever see someone that just so put together, right? And you're like, man, their whole life must be immaculate. Right? Their house, their kids, whatever. They invite you over for lunch. House is a mess. Like, wow. <laughs> and I don't mean like just a little mess. Like days. Where I'm like, either they're really busy or they're kind of sort of depressed and they don't really feel like doing anything, but they have to go out in the world and earn a living so they better look good. Don't let anybody see. You're sad today. Don't let anybody see that you're really missing your mom today and you can't even have a thought about her without crying because you're at work. Oh, yeah, and um, emotions are bad for you because they're part of the flesh. Somebody should have told Jesus that. Because I'm pretty sure that the anger that is shown in the Bible about when he realized what God's house was being used for. I don't think he just walked up to a table and went. How dare you? Oh, but I got to be righteous because I am the son of God. Stuff back that anger. Don't do that. That's not what God's house is for. No, he picked up tables and threw them. And I bet there was even more. And he also told it like it was, too. You know, woman at the well. Yeah, that's true. The person you're with right now is not your husband. What are you going to do about it? Not in a mean way, but in an authentic way. In the human way. But mystical as well, because... He prayed, he fasted, he modeled these things for us to get in touch of the spirit within us and who we are. To remind us, you're just not only human. You have a voice. You're just not only Jeanette. You're just not only Susie. You're just not only Nick. You're just not only. You're Jeanette. Powerful daughter of God. Made in his image. I gave you emotions. I gave you the brain that you have. I gave you the desires that you have. You came up with some of your own too. That's who you are. That's who you should be. That's why Jesus was sent here. Not only to ransom us out of the devil's hand or whatever that entity was that was trying to steal the creation out of jealousy and hatred and whatever. He was also here to teach us, model, show us in all things. Inside and outside. Pulling from what was inside out. So I'm thinking, hmm, Things that make you go, hmm, right? Hmm. Well, how do I do that? Because, you know, while Jesus was Jesus, 
I always crack up on the WWJD. I had a friend that I used to work with, and we always get in these conversations, right? Because she was like uber, like way on the religious side. And I was like way stepping over here. (laughs) And we got into this discussion about the um, homosexual movement, right? And she's just bashing, bashing. bashing. I have like three or four friends at that time, really, really good friends who were homosexual. Awesome people. People that told me, oh, I can't believe, I, I don't, you shouldn't call yourself a Christian because you don't act like one. I'm like, am I supposed to be offended by that? No. Because you don't judge me. I had one guy tell me once that God told, that they told him, they told him God did not love him. <laughs> because he was homosexual. And I'm thinking, but this is part of his human experience. And if he's authentically being authentically him, then he has more freedom than you. Praying against him. Instead of showing love and walking in love like Jesus did. Because his first two commandments, right? Love God with all your heart and mind. Love your, self, your neighbor as you love yourself. But you have to love yourself first. And recognize that you're God inside. Which means you're also loving God. <gasps> Shocker. I think that was Jesus saying, Hello, McFly. <laughs> you're God and human. Love God. Love yourself. Hello. And then you put that out to the world and show that same love so that you can remind somebody else that they are. Who they are. So, I've learned a lot of that with Jesus lately. So anyway, back to her. She pulls up the what? Well, WWJD, and I was like, what? Well, what would Jesus do? Are you serious right now? Really? <gasps> He'd take him to lunch. <laughs> Duh. He'd march with them. Duh. That's what Jesus would do. Do you not read the Bible? I thought you lived by it. Or did you just ignore that section where he hung out with the prostitutes and the undesirables? Well, the undesirables were authentically being them. They just had to learn that they weren't only having the human experience. They were also having the God experience. Because of who they are. So, how did Jesus live from the inside out? I did a little comparison list. How he lived as God, how he lived as human. Authentically, brought them together. As God, he walked in supernatural power, right? Which means he performed miracles. He commanded the elements, Taught new knowledge. The knowledge had to come from somewhere. Right? I love people that invent. They're not called inventors anymore, by the way. They're called makers. They make things now. It's not you don't invent. Because inventing doesn't give you um, action. Making is action. If you stay inventing, all you ever have is thoughts. If you're a maker, you bring those thoughts into fruition and you do it. Thomas Edison was a maker, one inventor. He figured out how to get that light bulb to work. If he had just sat there, I'm going to invent this. We wouldn't have light bulbs. We probably still have candles everywhere today, right? So new knowledge. Some of it very accepted, some of it not so much. But it was all revelation from God and who he was. He forgave people. (gasps) What? Didn't we just read about and talk about and think about? And this morning we did a meditation on forgiveness. You can forgive. 
Um, okay, so they were mad at Jesus because he forgave people because it was being blasphemous, but were told by God to forgive someone else. Hello? He came to be in a mysterious way, of course, his birth. He claimed to have always been. He loved unconditionally. As a human, came into the world as every other human has. He lived in his emotions. Like when you read it that way, like when you go back to some of the texts and you really read his responses, the way that he interacted with people, there is so much emotion there. He didn't deny any emotion that he had as a human. He had a passion for life. Has. Walked in honesty and grace. Believed that he had the power to manifest whatever he received from the spirit world into the physical world. Because he believed that he was God. He still had to grow physically. He had to grow mentally. Right? He had to learn. Obviously, he had the five senses. And he loved unconditionally. Unconditional love is accepting someone and the deity within them. When I first heard, you know, was trying to do yoga because I thought that I needed work on my balance and whatever, I didn't really understand what it was, right? And I had some people telling me, oh, watch out. It's spiritual. Like, um, no, it's looking like a tree and falling over because I can't balance on my left leg very well. I'm strengthening it. But as I look deeper into it, no, it is about God. And I saw the term, you know, namaste. Oh, that's a bad word. Says who? Says somebody that doesn't recognize who they are because they, they would rather live inauthentically than live authentically because it's easier to put the mask on in the morning. It's easier to um, tell that little lie when someone says, hey, how you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. When inside you're just falling apart. And you want so bad to talk to somebody because you need a hug. But, oh, can't do that. I've got to be strong. So that means the God in me recognizes the God in you. I am recognizing that you are a divine being. And I'm honoring that in my human form as a human. In my study of angels... I came across some things in there that were very interesting about what angels thought about humans. Because I always was like, what do angels think about humans? You know, these thought processes. And there was somewhere in there, in the Torah or something, Dead Sea Scrolls, where one of them referred to us in, in speaking with Enoch or whatever, you're the I am race. I am. Oh. So we want to walk authentically like Jesus did. That's how we want to get to know him. He's more than just a person in books. He's more than just the one who died for you. He lived. That's what he wants us to do. Live and be authentic in it. Because that's where you find peace. That's where you find joy. That's where you find healing. That's where you find your power. That's where you find, oh, when he said I could do greater things than him, oh, I really can. (laughs) I really can move a mountain. Might take a stick of dynamite, but I have to go there and do it and believe it's going to work. If you can... Blow up too. 
Jesus didn't say, you have to do it all this one particular way. Do you. You are you on this planet, in this creation, walking a path that you agreed to before you began to be knit together physically as the 3D image. So you want to awake to who you are and contemplate that. Which is the truth of who you are. You are made in the image of God. You are made with the ability to walk in that authority and that power. And you can draw on the strength of Jesus when you don't quite believe it. Because that's what he's here for. Then, when you begin to realize, and you've been awakened, you got to contend with your inner self, who you are, love yourself. That is hard. It is hard to go against agreements that we've made that are not quite positive about ourselves. I don't know why, as a race, it's so much easier to believe the negative things about ourselves than the great things about ourselves and the positive things. And we literally have to unlearn some of those negative thought patterns and relearn positive ones. And some of that is, you know, in my walk I've been doing mirror work. You get in front of the mirror, you find something about yourself that you like, that makes you feel good about yourself, and you say, I have beautiful eyes. And you get in tune with that feeling. And then you start working on the little pieces of yourself you don't like so much. Man, I get angry easy. <sighs> Instead, you change your thought pattern. Because I do. I get angry easy. I usually internalize it, but then it ruins my whole day. Because I'm just like... Huh. Is that being authentic? No, not really. Might as well just say, you know what? That really made me angry. That caused me to feel angry. Change your vocabulary so that you're not giving somebody else power over. You made me angry. Mm, no, not really. What they did made you angry, but eh, they can't technically take your emotion and be like, Joanne, I'm going to make you angry. <laughs> and then she's suddenly angry. <laughs> That's not how it works. Unless you allow it. Right? So in some of that mirror work, you can do that. You know? Hmm. My anger serves me in a good way. Help me figure it out. I am glad that I have that emotion. Thank you, Lord, for giving me that emotion. For making it part of the human experience. Otherwise, I wouldn't know when something doesn't jive with my soul. If I don't allow myself to feel it. He learned to walk in his humanity and be present in the experience. Boundaries, people. We have to set boundaries for ourselves. If we don't set a boundary for ourselves and what we're going to allow ourselves to do or not do or be, we're teaching people to take advantage of us. And as my father told me once, you can only be taken advantage of as much as you let somebody. And as you set boundaries with yourself, like, you know, I'm going to stop saying yes for a while because it's really burning me out. I love helping with the Christmas party or I love helping with whatever but I just can't take one more thing I'm going to say no for the next six months not in a mean way I have to set this boundary and the time that I'm going to was going to use to help put this party together I'm going to take time for myself and I'm going to work on me and as you say no to things people begin to oh 
respect that boundary. Now, it could go the other way, and you could be told that you're brainwashed, and you could be told that you are um, possessed. It's happened to me. You could be like, who are you? Oh, I'm me. I'm just letting her out because I want to live authentically now. I'm tired of just doing whatever you want me to do just so I can have peace because I can still have peace being me and saying no. Or saying, you know what? You're not going to treat me like that anymore. If you can't talk to me with a level of respect that I deserve as a human, then we're not going to talk anymore. That's setting a boundary for yourself and somebody else. And sometimes you might have to be mean. Just a little bit. It's okay. He learned to pull his deity together with his humanity and work it in the physical world. That's a little harder. But that's finding your voice. That's finding who you are. Jesus didn't come into the world doing miracles right away. And I don't know. Sometimes I think about what he might have been like as a little boy running around or whatever. You know? Like, if he saw a bird that fell out of a tree and the wing was broke, if he went over there and was like, be healed. And the wing healed. I don't know if he knew that. How could he? He probably picked up the bird lovingly and took it to his mom and dad. His wing's broken. Let's help it. Till he learned, oh, I have the power. Healed. Wing healed. He learned to bring it in. And he learned when to use it and when not to. Because there's times in the Bible when I'm like, why didn't he just do a miracle there? Like, you know, with the centurion, right? He's like, oh, yeah, all right. And the centurion's like, no, no, just say it. I think he even taught Jesus a little something there because he was like, oh, <laughs> that's right, I forgot for a minute. Holy cow, you're getting it. It's done. He brought it together. Like sleeping in the back of the boat when it's being tossed all over the place in the ocean, right? That's not a good feeling. I grew up, oh, shit, I've been on some boats where it's like, you're like, oh, man. It better stop. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it's not going to be good. He's sleeping. Like, out. And then gets angry with the disciples because he's like, have you not listened to a thing I have taught you? Just tell it to stop. Have you not watched me? Have you not heard me say who you are? Who I am? And then he's like, stop it. Wind stops. I imagine he went back to bed. Mad. Disciples. Jeez. <laughs> right? Going to sleep. I wake up, I'll feel better. And why not? He was authentic. Above all, though, he walked in that unconditional love and faith. It never wavered. Even in the midst of the trial even then you have this one chance all you got to do is say what we want you to say and i really think that in jesus mind was like but then i would be lying to who i am and denying my authentic self i'm the son of god then you're going to die. Cool, because I know I'm coming back. He had that faith. He believed it. It's harder for us to do because we get caught up in the daily monotony of life. We get caught up in that daily, wake up, go to work, deal with whatever, cleaning the dishes. You can still do everything. Living authentically as God and human. What I want to do is I want to get to the place where I can walk in the kitchen and be like, be clean. 
<laughs> and the dishes do like um, the one Disney cartoon and Harry Potter. The music's playing in the background. Angels are going, and I'm just like, yeah, that's what I strive to do. Because, man, I hate cleaning the kitchen. I'll usually keep it a little while, and then I'll wait for my daughter to come home, and I'll know she'll want something or whatever, and I'll get a text. I clean the kitchen. I'm like, yes, I walked to my duty. <laughs> I wanted the kitchen clean, and it got clean. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but really, walking in your authentic self, bringing the two together because it's who you are. It's who you are. It's who Jesus is. And when I realized it and that experience that I had, I thought, wow. Then I started getting curious. You know? So how do you see Jesus? What experiences have you had with him? Because I wanted to know. What place is he meeting you at? A person. Different people I've met. Oh, yeah. I don't go to church, I don't do this, I don't do that. But I know Jesus. And you know the people who know Jesus because there's just this glow and that love there. It's just there. We stuff it because we get caught up in the human experience. We don't bring in the God experience. So when Paul said in Colossians 1, 29, that God made chosen it be known the mystery of Christ in you. I think it's just more than Christ in us. It's the God in us. And if he is God and lives out authentically, that's the mystery we always forget to pull from, to be authentic. And then as you begin to walk in that, realize that you're speaking your truth, saying who you are. Maybe a mere work that you get up in the morning is you can just get up and say, I am beautifully and wonderfully made. Going to the gym today. So I could be murderized by my trainer. And accuse him of lying about 20 seconds. Because I'm going to tell you right now, workout 20 seconds are not the same as regular 20 seconds. I have discovered. (laughs) But I look in the mirror and I do. And if I see something on me that I don't really like, then I'm like, oh, okay, well, I want to like it. Here's what I'm going to do. If I see something within me that I don't really like, well, I want to like it. I want to love it. I want to bring it out authentically. What are some ways that I can fix it? Who can I talk to? Where can I learn this? What books can I read? Because there's a lot of good stuff out there. And a lot of it is not Christian. And that's okay. Because a lot of Jesus teachings weren't Christian. (laughs) We made them that way. They were Jesus' authenticity. So God made us in his image. Actually, not just only his image. Our image, it says. So in my mind, in my mind, that is more than just God. He had more he put in. Because we are a unique creation in this universe. And we are the only creation that has that breath of God. So, to live authentically, you're living from the inside out. And that's what Jesus did. So you've got to go inside Find it, and then you start bringing it out. Find that truth, and that becomes your voice. And you're being authentically you. And then you'll have people saying things like, Wow, I didn't know you had such a sense of humor. Well, I always thought it was a little weird and off, so I didn't do it much. But I sure had some hilarious times with God and that sense of humor. Right? So we learn to accept ourselves as God accepts us. Because he is not up there going, I can't believe I made her. Who got those parents together? 
Right? He's like, oh yeah, there you go. She's getting it. He's getting it. Jesus, good job. Jesus didn't make any apologies for who he was or who he is. And neither should you. We take anything away from this today. Take that. Make no apologies for who you are because you are wonderfully made and you are authentically who you are meant to be. Let it out. So, I just want to take a little time right now before we release. And I just want to say a quick prayer over all of you. And just what I'm feeling to help you. Because I see some pretty neat people in here that I am privileged and proud to have had come into my life. Even if I just only see a few of you only on a Sunday or only on a Wednesday, there's something there and there's a reason. And we are all part of that whole bigger picture. We're all part of that bigger universe. So you just want to put your hand over your heart. Lord, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you for those watching. I thank you for who they are, the wondrous creations that you have made. Help them rediscover themselves in you and in their humanity. And give them the strength to follow Jesus' lead and live authentically who they are. Give them revelation, knowledge, peace, joy. Above all, reopen that love. Bring it through. So that it can shine out into this wonderful creation that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have an awesome 4th of July. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.